Matthew chapter number 24. Matthew chapter 24. This is a remake of our lesson number 57. We had a major computer crash uh, over the last couple weeks. We were not able to stream or to do anything on Wednesday evening. So we continued studying, but I'm going to go back now, make these for the YouTube and for those who are uh, following along with us in our study in Matthew. Uh, so you will see the same shirt over the next couple lessons. Uh, that's because I'm up here at the church building uh, Wednesday morning here and make, remaking these. And uh, last time we got down through Matthew 24, we got down through verse 13 and 14 uh, in our study. And I want to pick up here uh, and kind of clean some things up here in verse 13 and 14 and uh, so forth as we begin to uh, continue our study. And uh, the issue here now in the first 14 verses of the chapter, uh, really beginning here at verse 4, uh, have to do with the description of the first half of the 70th week of Daniel. And I'll put this on the board here, just so you remember. We've got the 70th week of Daniel. The Lord comes back and the, and the establishment of the kingdom, the thousand-year reign, and so forth. Satan's bound, the intro, if you will, to the kingdom. The 70th week of Daniel, there were seven, uh, Daniel chapter number 9, there's seven years, and then there's 62 weeks, seven weeks. So we got a total of 69 weeks to the cutting off of the Messiah, which is identified in Isaiah as Calvary. Now, there's a, I left a gap here because in, in the Lord's ministry, the Acts period, he's going to extend it one year, chapters 1 to 8. Sit right in that time period. And then the 70th week of Daniel, uh, which will start here, which is what we really refer to as the tribulation. There's uh, 42 months, three and a half years, 1260 days. 42 months, three and a half years, 1260 days. So you've got this, what's happening here now in Matthew 24 is that he is describing the the 70th week, the first half of the week. And as we go down through the chapter, we will see the back half, uh, like there in verse 21, where he says, for then shall be great tribulation. So the first half of the week, uh, he's going to show the issue of the Antichrist on the scene. The Antichrist is right here. And he, is, he comes on the scene, Revelation 6, where you see the, those horsemen show up. That's Israel signing the covenant with the nation of Israel. and or, I'm sorry, Israel signing the covenant agreement with uh, death and hell, if you will. Uh, that's the Antichrist. And now he's going to begin to move forward. So in verse 13, where he says, But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. And, and again, you, you have to, this verse gets abused greatly. Because uh, by the religious uh, Christendom out there. And uh, for you and I, we just need to remember where we're talking about and uh, what we're doing here and dealing with. When you come to that issue of endure unto the end and ye shall be saved, the question then is saved from what? Okay, well now that word saved has 
carries and salvation carries different meanings in Scripture. So you have to stay with the context where that verse sits. Over there in Philippians, Paul says to those at Philippi to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Well, we know that salvation uh, just unto justification unto eternal life, there's no working there involved. So then what's he talking about? Well, in the end of the chapter 1, he just said that they were terrified by their adversaries, so they have got to work that out. they got to figure out how to not be on that emotional roller coaster that, uh, that, Paul, that the Philippians and Paul are identifying that they're on. So as we come back here into Matthew 24, and verse 13, but he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. And again, it's key, it's critical to see, uh, come back with me to Jeremiah chapter 30, to see what the salvation here is in the verse. Jeremiah 30, Jeremiah 30 and verse number 4. Jeremiah 30, verse number 4. And these are the words that the Lord spake concerning Israel and concerning Judah. For thus saith the Lord, We have heard a voice of trembling, of fear, and not of peace. Ask ye now, and see whether a man doth travail with child. Wherefore do I see every man with his hands on his loins as a woman in travail, and all faces are turned unto, into paleness. Now, they, they're going to look out. They're going to see everybody. Every, everybody is so tormented that the men are in the same torments and pains just as if they were in childbirth. Now, I've never been in childbirth. I've seen my wife there, and I can only imagine what that feels like. But when Scripture wants to describe the, the most excruciating pain that humans will ever experience and can endure... The description is the issue of travailing of, of the labor, of childbirth. And uh, if you think about that, that's what they're doing. Verse 7, alas, for that day is great, the day of torment and pain, so that none is like it. It is even the time of Jacob's trouble, but he shall be saved out of it. The great day of, of Jacob's trouble of pain, torment, tribulation. Uh, that, uh, th that's that, that tr great tribulation period. It's where we're at in Matthew 24. That time of Jacob's trouble is that, tri is that 70th week, that very specific seven years. We've got 46 weeks already taken care of. Now we're on the seven years, and we've got that last little bit. Let's write that up here. This is just seven years. Okay, and we'll see some more about that here in a little bit. What, now watch the end of verse 7. But he, that's Jacob, shall be saved out of it. And that's the issue. The issue is, is Jacob, the people that are going to come out of Jacob, that's the nation of Israel, is going to be saved out of the tribulation period. And again, we're talking about that literal, physical, visible, earthly, Davidic kingdom and we're talking about that end going them going to go into the kingdom. It's more than just a spiritual experience. It's also a physical salvation. So Israel has a salvation package 
it's been called, and I like that terminology because it's a package deal. Because their salvation package has to do with a literal physical salvation, as all of the prophets have promised, and it's going to be for a literal, visible, physical nation to go into a literal, visible, physical, visible kingdom. So this issue here is a is a physical issue. So when you come back to Matthew 3, actually go over to John chapter 3. John chapter 3. The, the issue with Israel is, one, they will have a literal, visible, physical deliverance, 70th week, okay? This is going to be a physical issue. And then they're going to actually have, in the Lord's coming, in the new covenant, a spiritual uh, 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 salvation as well. And that's the issue of them being born again. John 3, verse 7. Marvel not that I say un- said unto you, ye must be born again. Now, again, we, we remember what the ye's and the these and the thou's are, that ye, that plural of the second personal pronoun. So um, the Lord is talking to Nicodemus, but then he says, you, Nick, need it, but ye need it. The group needs it. And that issue there, back up in verse 5, Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. The man who's going to walk into the kingdom over there and enters into it has to have this spiritual birth. Verse 3, Jesus answered and said unto thee, unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Unless you have the spiritual birth, you're not going to be able to enter into the kingdom. Hence, you will not endure out there because you won't know what's going on. Come back to Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. When when they're going to endure out there and endure down through those literal, visible, physical tribulations, they need the spiritual capacity to go through it and to get through it. Luke 1, verse 70. As he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began, he, that's God, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us, now, this is Zacharias. He's John the Baptist's dad. And that is, he's talking about a physical salvation to perform the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath which he sware to, uh, to our father Abraham, that he would grant unto us that we, being delivered out of the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear and holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. And the point here is that they're going to be physically delivered. They're going to go into the kingdom wherein they're then going to serve God in righteousness and in true holiness. So when you come back to Matthew 24, verse 13, the salvation issue here is not a spiritual salvation from hell and and getting into the family of God and and, and all of that. And that's really what people begin to use that verse to teach for. But rather, he's talking about a physical issue and a physical thing there. That's why uh, in James 2, 
James would talk about faith without works is dead. Why? Because they have a, their package, their deal, Israel's program, they have a physical issue, a physical descendancy, a physical identification. Then they also have a spiritual need because, yes, they are the sons of Abraham, but they are also the sons of Adam. Go back to Matthew 24, if you will. So their issue here is they have this issue of a physical thing first. They're going to have to get down through, and then they'll have that new covenant, that spiritual issue over there and so forth to go into uh, the kingdom. Matthew 24, verse 13. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. And again, he, there's an entrance into the kingdom. 2 Peter 1, verse 11 talks about, For an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly. There's an entrance into the kingdom, and uh, they're, they're going to be saved out of the time of Jacob's trouble. Now, you'll notice in the verse, shall be sa- endure unto the end. And it's usually the question there is, what is the end? Is it the end of your life? Is it the end of the, of the age? Is it the end, end of, you know, what is it the end of? Well, it is the end of the 70th week. Come back with me to Daniel chapter number 11. The end here, the end is going to be the end of the tribulation. The end, the and it's going to be an issue here as, as we read here in Daniel, we're just going to stay in Daniel, that this expression in prophecy, it, 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 it's like that term, that day. Uh, um, that day. You read Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and other prophets, and you see that day, that day, that day, talking about the great day of the Lord and so forth, the great notable day of the Lord, that day. And here, the end is the same way. The end is the end of the tribulation. It's the time that the kingdom will be established, and the kingdoms of this world become the kingdom of Kingdoms of our Lord, as Revelation says. Daniel 11, notice verse 35. And some of them of understanding shall fall. Uh, We'll see here, there's great correlation between Daniel and Matthew 24. To try them and to purge and to make them white, even to the time of the end because it is yet for a time appointed. Chapter 12, verse 4. Just again, catch the issue of the end. Chapter 12, verse 4. But thou, O Daniel, shut up the word, seal the book, even to the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall be increased. Verse 8. And I heard, but I understood not. Then said I, O my Lord, What shall be the end of these things? And he said, Go thy way, Daniel, for the words are closed up and sealed till the time of the end. Verse 13, But go thou thy way till the end be, for thou shalt rest and stand in thy lot at the end of the days. Chapter 7, chapter 7 of Daniel. This stuff runs all through here, chapter 7, verse 26. But the judgment shall sit, and they shall take away his dominion to consume and to destroy it unto 
the end. Chapter 8, chapter 8, verse 17. So he came near where I stood, and when he came, I was afraid and fell upon my face. But he said unto me, Understand, O son of man, for at the time of the end shall the vision be, shall be the vision. Verse 19. And he said, Behold, I will make thee known what shall be in the last end of the indignation, for at the time appointed the end shall be. Daniel 9, verse 26. Daniel 9, 26. And threescore and two weeks shall Messiah be cut off, but not for himself. And the people uh, of the prince that shall come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary, and the end thereof shall be with a flood unto the end of the world, unto the end of the war, desolations are determined. You can, again, go on and on and on through the book. Come over to Hebrews chapter 3, and you see this issue about the end. Hebrews 3, Hebrews through Revelation picks up uh, in this tribulation period of time. That's the doctrine out here in the ages to come. And uh, it picks up there, and you know what happens? There's an issue of to the end. Hebrews 3 and verse number 6. But Christ, as a son over his own house, whose house are we if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of hope firm unto the end. Now, none of that has to do with you and I today as members of the body of Christ. This all has to do with where we're at in Matthew 24 13. Actually, this verse sounds very familiar with 24.13. Again, we, we're going to hold fast with confidence and rejoice and of hope firm unto the end. Notice verse 14. For we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. Come back to Matthew 24. So when he talks here about the end, Matthew 24, verse 15, he says, When ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place, whosoever readeth, let him understand. Again, what do they endure to, to the end? The end in Matthew 24, 13 is making a reference to some things that Daniel's telling us about. And so being saved and enduring unto the end, that's the man who's going to stay faithful to the end of the tribulation. His salvation has to do with that kingdom, the physical issue, but also the spiritual issue. So you have to remember that the entrance into, of the, the, entrance into the kingdom wasn't purely just spiritual. It has a, to do with the literal, physical salvation into the kingdom that was promised by all the prophets and that was rewarded for a faithful service, for a continuance, for a confidence, and for an endurance. Okay? All right, verse 13 again. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. And the, this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world. Now the gospel of the kingdom, now again, it has to do with Christ establishing his kingdom on the earth 
It sits in a passage that's talking about the little flock as they're going to go through. So we're over here in Matthew. They're going to go through the time, through the 70 weeks, 70th week, and on into the kingdom. So the gospel here has to do with that little flock in the tribulation period during the 70th week of Daniel prior to the second coming of Christ. And again, obviously, you keep reading that, uh, preach to all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. Obviously, the end there is the second coming of Christ. Now, what happens here is this verse gets used, and it gets misunderstood, and it gets abused. And again, you'll, find, you'll hear people talk about uh, the, the, the gospel of the kingdom, and you'll hear them talk about different things. And quite honestly, what, what are they trying to do? They're trying to read you and I into the passage, and it has nothing to do with us. Matthew 24. Notice, and this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness. We've already seen the world. We've... W- w- Come back to Matthew 13. We've already discovered, you know, because what happens is, is people ask a question, why would it be preached in all the world if the issue is Israel and if the issue is Palestine and if the issue is the 70th week of Daniel? Well, we've already discovered why that is, Matthew 13. And uh, guess what we're going to read here in verse 38 in the explanation of the uh, tares of the field, the parable there of the tares of the field, verse 38, the field is the world. The good seed are the children of the kingdom, but the tares are the children of the wicked one. So when, when, the, son, when, when, when the Son of Man comes and sows seed in his field, the field is what? The world. So when he says this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world, he's talking here about he's going to take his, the seed, the word. He's going to sow wheat out there. He's going, to, he's going to take his people and he's going to put them out into the world. Come over to Mark 16. And we already know about this. We already understand this. They're going to go out into the world and they're going to begin to raise up a, 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 a message here, Mark 16, look at verse 15. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. How are they going to get to every creature? They got to do what? They got to go out into the whole world. Luke 24, the end of Luke, Luke 24, 47. And, and that repentance and remissions of sin should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. Come over to Revelation chapter 3, another passage that's misunderstood when, when uh, people try to promote the missionary outreach stuff. Revelation 3, verse 8. I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it. There's an open door that God is going to give to the the tribulation saints there in those churches. And they're to go out to all the nations and be a witness and to be a warning. 
and, to, and, and those folks will be faithful to that. Verse 10, Because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I also will keep thee from the hour of temptation, which shall come upon all the world to try them that dwell upon the earth. They're faithful. They're going to take the message out at a time uh, when it's going to be great tribulation and tur- turbulence in the world. They're going to go out, and they're going to, they're going to go, and he's set an open door for them, and he's going to go out and do that, okay? Now, you're in Revelation. Uh, come over to chapter 7. By the way, when Paul talks about an open door, uh, it, it, he's talking about an opportunity. By the way, that's what it is for these folks here in Revelation is an opportunity. But he's not talking about the way that Israel's program works, okay? God does speak to us, but he speaks to us through his word. So when you get through, you get in the word and you get learning and studying and growing and you get going, then what happens is, is activity begins to go. The work of ministry here, it's an activity, it's a going, go, you, you generating, and then that witness and that testimony and that operating of the church begins to then uh, have an impact on people and, and around us and in the community. Our, we have new neighbors across the street from us here. You get over, you get to meeting them, you get to talking to them, and you become a good neighbor with them. And guess what begins to happen? They begin to come into the, 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 the ministry here. So what's going to happen back there in Matthew 24 is Christ is going to sow his, he's going to send out his disciples, Revelation 7, if you will. Make sure you're there. And he's going to, to send them out as a witness into the world and begin to be there for the gospel of the kingdom being preached and that warning and so forth that happens. Watch Revelation 7 and verse number 9. <clears throat> Revelation 7, verse number 9. After this I, I beheld, and lo, a great multitude, which no man could number of all the nations... And kindreds and peoples and tongues stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robe and palms in their hands. Now, when he goes in Matthew 13 and sows out in there, one, there's an issue of gathering up the little, the remnant, the little flock, putting them in there. Here in, in Revelation 7, we have the ministry of the 144,000. Great conversation piece. The 144,000 start over here before the 70th week start. What is their job to do? Their job is to go out and, and generate a great multitude here. And by the way, they're going to work through that front half and into the mid, mid, mid section there of that week before they're called home. Verse 13. And one of the elders answered, saying unto me, What are these that are arrayed in white robes, and whence came they? And I said unto her, Him, Sir, thou knowest. And he said to me, These are they which came out of great tribulations. These are the ones who came out of the witness of Matthew 24, 14. They came from all the nations, kindreds, peoples, and tongues. The nation of Israel, remember James 1, verse 1, James, the servant of Jesus Christ, 
I'm sorry, James, the servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad. They've been scattered out there. They're out there witnessing. They're out there doing their jobs. And while they're doing their jobs, they are generating, they are they're bringing together that little flock. The witness goes out, preaches about Christ's coming and establishing his kingdom. And when he does that, then in his coming, he'll send the angels out to gather everybody up, and we're going to see that. So the witness here, come back to Matthew, uh, Matthew chapter uh, 24 again, and uh, get Matthew chapter 10. Matthew 24 and Matthew 10. So when you come to Matthew 24, 14, uh, the preaching to all the world and the witness and the gospel and then the end's going to come. He's not talking about you and I. He's talking about the time period here as he sits and as he goes across and so forth. I would use the chart, but uh, I won't like to write. So just kind of get that picture in your mind. So first, they are sown into the world as a witness to all the nations. Israel has to be regathered. Then as a witness, they're going to go, and as they go out to Israel... They're also going to speak to the Gentiles. And that's, you go back to Psalms 2, and you see back there that, that he's going to be speaking to the kings of the earth and, and so forth and, uh, in Psalms 2. Okay? All right. Do a comparison with me here uh, quickly here in Matthew 24, 14 with, with Matthew chapter 10. Now, in Matthew 10... You know the story here. He's commissioning the, the 12 apostles. He names them. He gives them power. He begins to command them. He gives them instructions all the way through the end of the chapter. So really this is their commission. Verse 23, he says to them, But when they persecute you in this city, flee into another. For verily I say unto you, ye shall not have gone over the cities of Israel till the Son of Man be come. Are the 12 going to get all over the world with the testimony before Christ comes back. No, they don't even get over the cities of Israel before the Son of Man returns. Verse 20, 24, 24. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. Is somebody going to go out to all the nations? Yes. Okay, come over to Acts chapter 8. The remnant, they're going to go, and they're going to get out to all the nations. Look at Acts chapter 8. In the extension of the year here of time, Luke 13, God, and that little flock is, is growing and so forth. Acts 8 verse 1, and Saul was consenting unto his death. And at that time there was great persecution against the church, which was at Jerusalem. And they were all scattered abroad throughout the region of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. So there is no believers left in um, Jerusalem other than the twelve apostles. Everybody else is scattered out all over. Come over to chapter 11. Chapter 11 and verse 19. Chapter 11 and verse 19. Now they, which were scattered abroad upon the persecution that rose about Stephen, traveled. So that's 8-1. 
as far as Phoenice and Cyprus and Antioch, preaching the word to everybody they ran into. No, they were preaching the word to none but unto the Jews only. They went out and preached the gospel of the circumcision, the gospel of the kingdom to Israel, just like they knew they were supposed to. They took that gospel, which was a message particular and exclusively for Israel. So when you come back to Matthew 24, 14, the gospel of the kingdom is going to go out that in that first half of the week, it's headed out. Then the persecution comes because of all of that, because of that ministry and that work. Verse 15, When ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, that's Daniel 9, okay, Stand in the holy place, whosoever readeth, let him understand. It's Daniel 9, it's Daniel 8, it's Daniel 11. When these people are going to be able to understand the book of Daniel, while you and I may struggle with it from time to time, they're going to understand it. They're going to get it. They're going to catch it, they're going to understand it, and they're going to go with it. Now, by the way, the abomination of desolation that stands in the holy place, that will take place in what Daniel 9 calls the midst of the week. You'll hear me say that, because if you say middle, then somebody's going to say that's, 42, that's 41 months and 50, you know, they're going to pin down at pen, and literally there's 30 days that, that, tra that travel here that sit on both sides of that midst of the week, Daniel 9 calls it, because that's where we're at. Um, the Apostle Paul describes the, the Antichrist, his career, the man of sin, the son of perdition. And he labels that out. And when the abomination of desolation that Daniel is talking about, 2 Thessalonians 2, verse, uh, come on over there. 2 Thessalonians 2, Paul describes that. 2 Thessalonians 2, verse 3 and 4 here of the Antichrist when he sits in the temple declaring himself to be God. Daniel 2.3. I'm sorry, 2 Thessalonians 2.3. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first, and that the man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalted himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. The Antichrist is on the earth. He declares himself to be God. And uh, that the guy coming back over there in heavens is the adversary. So come on up and let's go to battle. Okay? So you've got a lot going on here. Go back to Matthew 24. Great dispensational picture here as he's training the little flock, the 12 apostles, the little flock, in, in his absence. Matthew 24, verse oh, 16. Um, by the way, the, the activity here, when this stuff happens, when they see the abomination of Dan, uh, uh, spoken of by Daniel, the prophet stand in the holy place, whosoever readeth, let him understand, then let him which be in where? Notice carefully, Judea, flee in the mountains. Everybody says America, U.S. of A. No, you're not on there. Where are they at? Specifically in Judea. 
Well, you know, then you get the, well, Judea could be your state and Jerusalem's your hometown. And no, it's Judea. Every map I've ever looked at in the back of my Bible, back of your Bible, says Judea sits over there in the Middle East. Let him which is on the housetop not come down to take anything out of his house, neither let him which... Uh, is in the field, return back to take his clothes, and woe unto them that are with child, and to them that give suck in those days. But pray that your flight be not in winter, neither on the Sabbath day. Now, that why wouldn't you want it in the winter? Well, it's going to be snowy in those mountains where they're going to go. It's going to be cold, and they're not to go pack a bag. They're not to have a go bag ready type of thing. Because they're to sell everything, they're to give, they're, they are to be completely and totally reliant upon the, 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 the word of God to them. And he says, hey, when you see this, you're to flee. By the way, the issue of the Sabbath day there, Revelation 14 says that, uh, verse 12 says that these guys are, gonna, are, keep, are keeping the commandments of God and the testimony and the faith of Jesus. <laughs> so, the Sabbath days, uh, we don't work on that day. So if this stuff happens, they're going to be keeping the commandments in the tribulation. They're back under the law. They're back under Israel's program. That Sabbath day hits, man, they can't go anywhere. They're stuck. Verse 21, for then shall be great tribulation such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time nor ever shall be. There's going to be tremendous, tremendous persecution so much so that he has to say verse 22 and except those days be shortened there shall no flesh be saved but for the elect's sake those days shall be shortened and again verse 22 is a verse that gets abused because then they talk about shortening the days and in reality and so they say well it's really not a 24-hour period of time it's really an eight-hour period of time but that that's hours not days okay if the lord doesn't shorten the days if he if 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 the day of wrath the great tribulation were to go to their its normal conclusion nobody no human would last everyone would be destroyed. He's not talking about a time thing. He's talking about uh, if, if I didn't shut this thing down after seven years and I let it run its thing out, it would get everybody. And you know what? There wouldn't be anyone to save or delivered. And that's not what God wants. God wants all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth <laughs> in both programs. So when you see that, the length is given to us because if those days of wrath were allowed to go in their national, natural conclusion, everyone would be destroyed. But because God has a purpose, saving that believing remnant into the kingdom and establishing the kingdom, he put a limit on the days uh, that they could only go so far. All right, that's going to conclude this lesson. We'll pick up with uh, Lesson 58 next. Uh, on the remaking for the YouTube and so forth. So let's close in a word of prayer. Our dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the study here, for the look at it, for the ability to come in and to see and to understand what you have for us, uh, for your people in the book of Matthew, but then also that we can rejoice in what you've done for us today in the age of grace. In your name we pray, amen. <laughs>